Well, let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9. Jeremiah, chapter 9. This morning we continue a brief little series in conjunction with our 16-week study of biblical eschatology, a small series entitled, What in the World is Going On? It is an analysis of some of the cultural events taking place around us, putting those events within the context of the framework of the 16-week eschatology series, and helping us understand prophetically and also biblically why things are happening in the society around us that are happening. Last week we looked at the impact, excuse me, of philosophy within our society. And we specifically looked at critical theory. Because much of what we see happening in our nation today, specifically in the rioting and in the looting and in the destruction of our cities, is driven by an idea that is conceptualized within critical theory. We addressed that last week. The point that we made last week is that as we move away from God and His Word, we create a vacuum within our society that must be filled with something. And as a result, we now discover that that vacuum is being filled with theories, the impact of theories upon our culture. Now, a theory is just that. It's something that isn't truly proven. I can make a very strong argument that nothing has had more of a devastating effect upon our society than the theory of evolution. We can see how that is permeated in every aspect of the thinking of our nation. But now we have adopted also critical theory, specifically critical race theory. Another theory being applied and misused and used to justify the notion that every single white person in America is racist. Not based on their person's uh, character, but simply on the fact of our nationality. The second point that I wanted to bring up in this mini-series is the deception that is now growing around us. I've entitled this message, Drowning in Deception. I take you back to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, as he was walking through the nation of Israel and Judah at that time, looked at the nations and their moral decline, knowing that the judgment of God was at hand, began to record for us what was taking place within those nations, within the cities of those nations, and began to weep over those things because he was heartbroken because of them. And as a result, we come now to chapter 9, where he identifies one of the catastrophes that has taken place in Judah, and that is the fact that neighbor lie to neighbor on a consistent basis, and it has created the fertile ground for deceit. Let us pick it up in verse 3 of chapter 9. Jeremiah writes, and he says, And like their bow, they have bent their tongues for lies. 
They are not vid, uh, valiant for the truth on earth. For they, have, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they do not know me, says the Lord. Everyone take heed to his neighbor, and do not trust any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant. Yet, and yet, every neighbor will walk with uh, slanders. Everyone will deceive his neighbor, and they will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies. They weary themselves to commit iniquity. Your dwelling place is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit, they refuse to know me, says the Lord. Today, one of the most common things that I hear from people, Christians specifically, and those outside of Christianity, is this idea. I don't know who to believe anymore. I don't know what to believe anymore. And this uncertainty has created an incredible insecurity in the hearts and the minds of people. We see the shifting sands beneath our feet here in our nation, and with the overload of information that we are constantly exposed to, we don't know what to believe, we don't know who to believe. And as a result, we have created a culture that is just primed for deception. If you don't know what's true, you find yourself in a very uh, precarious place because you then are very susceptible to the deception that may lurk around you. As we studied eschatology over those 16 weeks, every single passage that we read from Jesus, Peter, and John began with these words, do not be deceived. Paul wrote those words in the roadmap in which we used, found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And in that roadmap, we discovered that he immediately began with the idea that they should be conscientious of the fact that they were being deceived. And therefore, he says, do not be deceived. Now, in their case, they had apparently received an erroneous letter from Paul himself stating that they were in the great day of the Lord. And apparently, somehow, some way, that was confirmed in other ways of the authenticity of that letter, and so they were greatly dismayed by that information because Paul had promised that they would be spared the day of wrath of the Lord for being in Christ Jesus. So this left them in a very vulnerable position. Of course, the instruments of that deception were false teachers and false prophets. But it had left them in a lurch. And the way that Paul remedied that for them was to remind them of the truth. Because they were unsettled, they were uncertain about what was to happen next. Paul once again reminded them of the truth. Deception is absolutely a reality that you and I must be aware of. When we talk about being deceived or deception from a biblical point of view, such definitions have been offered such as this. To cause to one to wander off the path 
to cause someone to hold a wrong view and thus be mistaken, to mislead that person. Another Greek grammologist wrote, to mislead people as to the proper views in which they should have may often been expressly uh, idiomatic, for example, to twist their thoughts, to cause what is false to seem like that which is true, to make it a lie appear to be true, to dig away at truth, or to cover the eyes with lies. And as a result, we as individuals in our culture today find ourselves in a very similar place that the children of Israel had found themselves. As the children of Israel saw that neighbor was lying to neighbor, slanderers were being uh, recognized and traveled with, and individuals no longer knew who to believe or what to believe, God said that in the midst of all of this lie the roots of deception, deceit against me. Early on in the in the development of the Central Intelligence Agency here in America, a man named James Jesus Angleton was the head of counterintelligence from 1954 to 1975. He was also known by his codename, Mother. He was the brilliant architect of the foundations in which Ronald Reagan used to bring down the Soviet Union. He was a brilliant man. Those around him stated that he would often spend hours and sometimes days in his office due to the fact that every little bit of information that he would accumulate he would put on those little cards, those index cards, he would write them down, and every single inch of his walls and ceiling were covered with these index cards. And he would find patterns within them. He is the one that uh, discovered the spy rings that uh, Russia had implemented into uh, uh, America, and also he discovered the spy who was a double agent in the uh, British Secret Service, I'm sorry, British intelligence during the 1950s and 60s. He was a brilliant man. And in these cards, he says, my job is to find information and misinformation. His job was to look and to provide counterintelligence to allow us to discover and also refute the intrusency of the spy networks in the United States of America. And like I said, Ronald Reagan used the foundation in which he laid to bring communism to an end, or the Soviet Union, I should say, to an end. He came up with a phrase, though, that in the midst of information, it is like wandering in a wilderness of mirrors. And as a result, he saw himself as one that... If he wasn't careful, he would get lost amongst all of the information that he was surrounded by. He made a statement, and this is what I'm getting to this morning. His fear was that the American people would be so inundated with information that they would no longer know what is true 
and what is false. And the institutions that were to help the American people know truth from lies would no longer be reliable. I believe that he used the expression that the best way to hide a lie is the same way that you would hide a tree. You would hide a tree in the middle of a forest. You would hide a lie in the middle of overwhelming information. Today, with the advent of the internet, we have more information at our fingertips than we have ever had before. And I think we can make a strong argument that it certainly hasn't made our nation smarter, has it? It certainly hasn't made our nation more discerning, has it? In fact, in my case, I have discovered that more confusion lie now in the hearts and the minds of the American people than ever before. You know, sometimes when we have too many choices, we can't make the choice that we need to make. When we were painting our house after we got married, I brought home, Dina said, run out to the paint store and bring home some swatches. I said, okay. So I did. And I laid them out all before her on the bedroom floor, and I said, go ahead, here you go, pick. I came back a half hour later, and she was like, I don't know which way to go, you know. And I, it was my fault. I put too many before. I should, we should have asked some qualifying questions and get down to where she wanted to be. Now, again, we were also planning a wedding. We were planning the honeymoon and everything else was on top of it. But it was information overload. Three years ago, I was at a family Thanksgiving dinner. And I was sitting with our relatives, many of those nieces and nephews and cousins who were in their 20s. And I asked them the question, how do you discern what is true from what is false. And they really had to think about that for a minute. And they discovered that they really didn't have a vehicle to allow them to do that. And so they drifted into the world of conspiracy theories. This uncertainty and our disregard or our uh, idea that politics and the medical community and so forth Uh, and the media have been discredited, this has given rise to conspiracy theories such as QAnon that is influencing our world like we can't believe. We are exactly where James Angleton said he hoped we never would be. And now we are lost in a wilderness of mirrors. And the institutions that that were meant to be implemented to keep us grounded helping us know truth from lie, have betrayed us. And I'm speaking specifically concerning the press, the media in America today. We have been let down. We have been sold out. And as a result now, our nation is plunging into a time of chaotic confusion like never before. We don't know what to believe or who to believe any longer. We want to trust. We want to have faith in the organizations that we are meant to have faith in, the institutions that we are meant to have faith in. But we're uncertain. We're confused. 
We don't know what to believe. And as a result, we no longer want to engage in conversations around these particular topics and subjects. One wrote, he said this, Jeremiah's dark description of Judah also describes today's culture. We live in an age when the very idea of absolute truth or objective truth is commonly rejected. When truth is not valued, societies crumble. And that's absolutely true. And Jeremiah saw that in Judah. Judea, Judah, excuse me. And he wept over it. You and I must understand that in verse 6 of our text this morning, God makes it abundantly clear that this fertile ground of lies has led for their ample opportunity for deceit. Notice what he says in verse 6. Your dwelling place is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, says the Lord. That's where we are today here in our nation. Our nation, even with the constitution in which we have, if we don't adhere to it, and the institutions that are protected by it don't do their job with integrity, we as the American people are lost. The freedoms that we have been given have now been exploited and often sold out to the highest bidder. And as a result, the nation collapsed the society collapsed now we're going to get to the moment where we discuss how to know truth from from falsehood but let us be abundantly clear that those who wrote our constitution wrote it to allow the press to have the freedom to hold the government accountable and to inform the electorate but that's not happening anymore is it That's not taking place any longer, is it? We see, especially over the last six months, the misleading headlines, the biased reporting, the personal or and or political agendas of the networks, many looking to be first rather than to be accurate, needing to access to these people that they uh, have to interview that are in prominent places they have a tendency to placate to those people rather than to hold them accountable and with the advent of the internet now we have unfiltered information constantly bombarding us each and every day in 1957 edward r murrow one of the famous commentators at an award reception, gave a speech that is chilling to listen to today. It is chilling because he made the observation that as soon as TV ratings and advertisement were brought into the idea of forwarding the news, he said that is the moment that the newsroom has become corrupted. The news agencies of our country today are fighting for their existence they are looking to capture as much of the audience share as they possibly can they are looking to placate and to uh, continue to sponsor those and to support those who would continuously fund them day in and day out and in all of this the american people 
are left to wander in the wilderness of mirrors. They are left to wonder and to ask the questions, what is truth? What is actually happening? There isn't one event over the last six months that we haven't seen uh, reported from opposite perspectives and to the point where you almost say, now, did did they see the same thing I did? After the last presidential debate, it was amazing how the news agencies spun it in favor of the candidates in which they supported. The American people are no longer being informed by our press, by our media. They are being indoctrinated. A personal and private agenda is being put forward each and every day through these, through these instruments, through these tools. And in the Constitution of the United States of America, it was meant that the press would have the freedom to hold our government accountable by educating the people in whom they were to inform. And yet that is no longer happening. I think of the early 1960s when Walter Cronkite held JFK accountable for the Vietnam War. And in his famous interview with JFK, he pushed JFK to really answer the questions of why we are getting involved in such a war. At the end of the conversation, John F. Kennedy had to admit that in the end, it was their war to fight. This kind of reporting is no longer taking place. When we hear the questions of the reporters to the, to, uh, the president and to the, his press secretary and so forth, you can tell and see the agenda in which they carry. We are in trouble as a nation when it comes to the information that we are being given. And as Christians, we need to discern what is true and what is false. We cannot react like the world reacts in mere emotion, thinking that we know all of the subject matter that is needed to be known before making a rational decision. How many times have we been shown images over the course of the last five months, and these images paint a picture for the people, it creates a narrative for the people, but it leaves out so many of the questions that people would need to ask to truly and clearly understand what is taking place before them. How many times have we been told that the officers are wrong, Kyle Rittenhouse is wrong, and then all of a sudden new footage comes out and it shows just the opposite? I think of those words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 24 and Mark 13 where he says, let no one deceive you. It's not the false prophet, it's not the false teacher that is coming at us. Now today in our culture, we are creating false narratives that people are adhering to and they are believing in without any question of objectivity and inquiry. We are creating the bedrock for the Antichrist to stand upon, the foundation in which he there can easily exploit the very fear that the many politicians have is that we as the electorate would be clear in our understanding of what our Constitution says and how it's meant to be administered and how it's meant 
to be fulfilled. You and I live in a very trying time. The instability that Jeremiah speaks of here in chapter 9 is the same instability that we are facing in our society today. So you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to know how to discern truth from error, fact from fiction. How do we do that? Well, many have unfortunately turned to social media because they believe that they can then surround themselves in a in an environment like Facebook, with like-minded people. And by surrounding themselves with like-minded people within this virtual world, they believe that therefore truth is then uh, given. And yet now we see that even the information given in social media accounts can be grossly manipulated. And behavior can be changed, not automatically, but suddenly, uh, subtly in the life of the individuals. If you haven't watched the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, yet, please watch it as soon as you possibly can. It is eye-opening to see how our society is being manipulated by social media. Social media has now discovered that most people will not watch a video more than three minutes long. That's how short the attention span has become of the people in the United States of America. So they invented a a platform like TikTok, which limits the length of videos that can be placed upon its site. I cannot tell you how many people are creating their worldviews from information on TikTok. Can you really form your information properly from a three-minute video? Really? It used to be called a commercial in my day. And then they went to an infomercial, a 30-minute commercial that just inundated you with what they wanted you to know and, and to understand. As believers in Jesus Christ, we must not fall into this pit. We cannot believe that if we surround ourselves simply with like-minded people that we're getting accurate information. People used to be able to go to two different sources, one left-leaning, one right-leaning, and believe that the truth was somewhere in the middle. But now the left is so far from the right that the only thing in the middle is a cavern, an abyss that individuals fall into and never discovering the truth at all. As Christians, one of the components that have allowed for this great confusion is the biblical illiteracy that we are finding within the church today. People are no longer reading their Bibles. People are not spending time going from Genesis to Revelation, understanding the meta-narrative, the big overarching theme of the entire Bible. And as a result, since we have approached the Bible in our, what I like to call, our fortune cookie manner, Pick and choosing verses to apply to our life at various points in time, but not realizing the context in which we find these verses to be located. Not seeing the history of the nation of Israel, for many have told us that the Old Testament isn't really as relevant today as, as, uh, it is, uh, as the New Testament is, and so therefore we can neglect it in our study. 
The New Testament, the Old Testament is rich, and the New Testament is built upon its foundation. As believers in Jesus Christ, the very first thing that we must do to allow ourselves to discern between right and wrong, truth and error, is ground ourselves in the Word of God. Think of it in a nautical sense. 200 years ago, one of the worst positions that a captain could find himself in on the high seas was in the middle of the ocean at night with cloud cover. Because unless they remembered which direction the sun set, they would actually, because the horizon looks the same in 360 degrees around them, they would have no bearing on where they were going. And often that was the most vulnerable time within their voyage. That's what's happening to us. We are on the high seas in a ship at night with cloud cover, not knowing what direction things are going. And as a result, we are wandering off course. So what we need is what he needed, a fixed point, the North Star, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His word is not an option for us any longer, it's a necessity. We cannot believe that we will uh, be able to resist the deception that is around us. Jesus worried himself that even the elect would succumb to the deception of the last days. But let us understand that what keeps us fixed is that North Star, Jesus Christ, His Word. It's time now that we thoroughly get into God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. And then seeing and and filtering the information that is being presented to us through the Word of God. Knowing that our Constitution here in the United States of America was built within the the constructs of a biblical worldview and how that applies. Because if you, like me, have children or grandchildren, you know that our world is changing faster than it ever has before. And if we don't stand up now, our ability to do so may not be there for us in the near future. And I don't want to be a doomsayer. But we, from this pulpit, throughout the course of the uh, history of our church, we have warned about the very events that are happening now in our political uh, arena. We have shouted from the mountaintops, let's be worried about socialism, let's be worried about communism, let's be worried about, um, you know, uh, vast changes to our constitution, progressivism, etc., And yet, over the years, it was very subtle where individuals, Republican and Democrats, they seemed very similar, but just different in various areas. Today, that similarity is gone completely. So we need to understand that our vote counts. We need to understand that we're fighting a battle not only for ourselves, but more importantly, if the Lord tarries for our children, for our grandchildren. You and I need to stand up. We need to know the truth and act upon the truth. We need to understand uh, the misleading aspects of the press around us and hold them accountable to it. Now, trust me, they know that this is a problem also. We have seen reporters defect major uh, newspapers and start their own so they can report truth accurately. 
Now, truth reported accurately doesn't mean that it's always going to favor our opinion, right? But it's still reporting the truth. That's what it's meant. We're meant to be educated and kept in the loop on what's happening. Others have left newspapers and basically had stated, I had to leave because my articles, my reporting was being uh, manipulated by editors. This is all things that we have seen over the last six months. We know that certain news networks on cable television support either the left or the right, correct? It doesn't take long to find out which one does it. These things never should have been. WGN is launching a brand new news network for the sole purpose of remaining, you know, unbiased in the direction in which they report. My concern is this. My concern is that we are now entering into a time where deception is going to be so easily forwarded because we no longer know and adhere to the truth. And we need to be made aware. I challenge you, each and every time the eschatology is talked about from the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, to the end in Revelation, these words are, he- are heard. Do not be deceived. It tells me first and foremost, number one, that deception is possible in my life. And secondly, it warns me to prepare that I may not be deceived. It tells me I must understand and know what God's Word says. I also am very concerned that in the distrust of our politicians, the distrust in our medical community, the distrust that we now show uh, in our media, we have now ventured into the area of conspiracy theory, which now we are skeptical on everything that we see and hear, right? And some Christians even take that skepticism to the Bible. We must be very careful that when we post something, if we are going to continue our activity on social media, that we know that it is factually true before doing so. Without a shadow of a doubt to retain our credibility with those who may read those articles. I have friends who are Christians and non-Christians in my social media. And when I post something, I want to make sure that it's factually uh, correct. Therefore, it's with integrity. And then the next thing that I post will be received, hopefully, even better than the first post in which I had made. Our credibility as Christians is on the line in the arena of social media. And unfortunately, our distrust has gravitated towards conspiracy theorists and individuals presenting things like QAnon. QAnon is an individual who apparently is posting with inside secrets to everything that's going on in the political world. And many are gravitating to him as if he is an authority in all things, but much of what he has said, has been, or she said, we don't know, has been inaccurate. And we need to understand that. But let me ask you another question. What happens if something really dire happens and we have a pandemic worse than the corona pandemic, that the lethality of the virus is 50%, 
People are going to be told by the CDC, who I believe has truly discredited themselves in so many different ways, or the World Health Organization, and we're going to just say, nope, I went that route once, right? And I found out that much of what I was being told wasn't accurate. They vacillated on so many of the opinions. And I think the American people want to do what's right. They don't want to harm other people. They don't want to, uh, um, they don't, they don't want to uh, be reckless in the manner in which they conduct themselves. But then we saw that the pandemic lockdown was focused more on churches. Why was that? Why did the Supreme Court allow in Nevada casinos to be open and churches have to remain closed? These are questions that we need to ask ourselves, specifically because churches are protected by the Constitution in which they are supposed to be upholding. We are in very troubled waters right now. And the reason I brought this forward this morning is because I want you to know I want you to know that the founding fathers of our nation made it abundantly clear that the press was to inform the electorate and hold the politicians accountable. As one wrote, he said, the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution guarantees the freedom of press in the United States. The First Amendment is actually three separate clauses that guarantee not only the freedom of the press, but freedom of religion, the right to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. For journalists, it is the clause about the press that is most important. Then he goes on to say, the United States Constitution guarantees a free press, which can be extrapolated to include all news media outlets, TV, radio, web, etc. And what do we mean by a free press? What rights does the First Amendment actually guarantee? Primarily, press freedom means that the news medias are not subject to the censorship by the government. In other words, the government does not have the right to try to control or block certain things from being published by the press. Another term often used is this uh, context is prior restraint which means an attempt by the government to prevent the expression of ideas before they are published. Under the First Amendment, prior restraint is clearly unconstitutional. That's great, right? We would all applaud that. The problem is that it's not the government, it's the news outlets themselves that have aligned themselves with the various political parties that have aligned themselves with the, the various political uh, ideologies. And as a result now, their reporting is so skewed that the truth is no longer found within it. The spinning of a narrative. I was floored when I heard Pre Vice President Joe Biden state that Antifa was simply an idea. I was like, where have you been? It is one of the most radical organizations our nation has ever seen. And yet, we want to create a narrative that it's simply an idea, really. Simply an idea. The papers didn't hold him accountable 
for the most part on that. And as a result, again, the American people are underinformed. Today we're going to celebrate communion together because I wanted to take this moment to center ourselves again upon Jesus Christ and his word. First John tells us very clearly in First John 2, 18 through 27, that in the last days, deception would be rampant. We need to hold our media accountable. I've emailed reporters at the Chicago Tribune. I've emailed individuals that have reported on various blogs, incorrect information. I've never received one email back yet. Yesterday, the Chicago Tribune, who is now becoming famous for poor reporting, changes headlines throughout the course of the day on the same story, talking about the the press conference that the doctors of our president had to inform the people on how he is doing. They They had a headline there that simply stated, you know, president doing well, doctors optimistic. I was like, oh, that's refreshing. Within two hours, the headline changed to doctors bungle press conference and hide key facts that the American people need to know about President Trump. Really? That's not what happened at all. The Chicago Tribune earlier this month, had a re- or last month, had a report stating that masks are more effective than the vaccine that is being produced. I thought, oh, that's interesting. But what really the CDC director said was that those few individuals who do not create antibodies due to the vaccine would be better suited than at that point with a mask. Completely different account. Again, know that media, every time you click is another count that they say, oh, another person has read our paper. So they create headlines to draw you in. Folks, the only surety that we have is God and His Word. For Jesus said, God said of Himself, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, for no one comes to the Father but through me. At that point that Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, and Pontius looked at him in the face and said, What is truth? Pontius Pilate was looking at the truth. As Christians, the center of our understanding must be the person of Jesus Christ. It must, he must be our north star. He must be the one in whom we adhere to and his word that we adhere to in these troublesome times. I don't think I have to convince one person here today or watching us live of the incredible failure of the press in the United States of America. We no longer can be guaranteed of proper reporting going forward. We now have to wade through the mire, this wilderness of mirrors ourselves. And the only thing that's going to keep us grounded during that point is God's word. As a tree planted by the water, 
allowing us to stand strong in the time of storms and troubles. Let us, let us know the word, what we believe and why we believe it. 